boy, what great singing and songs. And thank you guys for the good worship and praise. I hope you guys are excited about uh, what our Lord and Savior is doing in your life and uh, the people around you. What a blessing it is to know Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. And so I want to welcome you here this morning on behalf of His name and to uh, come together as we do to give Him glory and honor. I want to invite you to turn your Bibles this morning, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, Paul gives us some great understanding about uh, the Spirit's work in our lives as believers. Uh, So often we think of ourselves as being alone or uh, being about this great pursuit of Christ by ourselves or without help. But that's not what the Word of God says. That's not what our experience ought to be. The Word tells us that God has given us a helper. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. And see, without the Holy Spirit, it would be impossible for us to please God. It would be impossible for us to honor Him, to live a life that gives Him glory and praise. And so I thank God for the wisdom that He uh, blessed us with in uh, deciding to stay here with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And that we have that Spirit, the Bible says, as a seal or a guarantee until our day of redemption, until we're complete in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have someone that stays with us and that gives us that hope and joy, and He is the Holy Spirit. And so Paul gives us some insight about living in the Spirit this morning. I want to share with you about that idea of living in the Spirit. What does that mean or What does that constitute? One of the things that we understand that life in the Spirit has to do with the fact that as believers, we have to consider that idea. We have to think about it. Uh, We have to understand it and we really have to trust it. Uh, Living in the life of the Holy Spirit uh, has to do also with being open to the Spirit influencing us. That the Holy Spirit is sent and given to us as a guide, as a teacher. Uh, as someone who leads us into the things of the Lord. And so if we're not allowing ourselves to be influenced by the Holy Spirit, then we're not going to experience the help that He gives to us or uh, that great ally that He is for us in our walk and our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I found out that the Holy Spirit gives me motivation to want to honor the Lord Jesus Christ, that He is the one who encourages us along in our journey that He gives us a sense of, of hope in our relationship with Christ when trials and tribulations, when we go through persecution. It's the Holy Spirit that's under that heavy burden together with us that helps us to endure and helps us to move forward in our relationship with Jesus Christ and not be crushed. You see, apart from the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> we don't have the strength that we need to fight the good fight that we fight here on earth, to engage in that spiritual battle or to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. So He is the great ally that we have. He motivates us in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I found out in my own life, the Holy Spirit gives me a passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. When I see how He works in my life, it excites me about my relationship that I have with Christ and that also feeds that passion that we have for Him. So, Uh, The Holy Spirit is vital to our life in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul begins to say some things about that. Chapter 8 in Romans is a swing chapter in the book of Romans. 
Uh, it's not, maybe it's not a mistake that it's the middle chapter as well out of the 16 chapters, but it's that place where Paul begins to pivot and where he moves from foundation to function, where he's laid this foundation of salvation that he's proved to all of us that we're lost and that we're sinners, that we're separated from God, that sin causes death and separation that the only hope that we have is what Jesus Christ has done for us when He died for us on the cross, was buried and raised from the dead, and that it's our faith in Jesus Christ that brings us into right relationship with God. Those are all foundational things. But how does that cause us to act or respond in our walk with Jesus Christ? Once we have this foundation, what are we doing with the foundation that we have? What, what are we doing with the knowledge and the understanding that we have that our salvation rests solely and wholly on the Lord Jesus Christ? There ought to be more to it than just knowing these things or just having this foundation. But where do we go from there? And that's living in the Spirit, life in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul moves to then how do we function in that very thing. You see, up until now, sin was seen as our master. But now Paul shows us how to walk in victory through the Holy Spirit. Uh, That's God's desire for us. He doesn't want us to be uh, commanded and controlled or dominated by our our sinful flesh and our desires, but He wants us to rise up in victory. Well, who's our helper in that victory? It's the Holy Spirit and His work that He does in our life. And so Paul begins to show us how that we have that. You see, we have position in Christ. We're declared not guilty, but we also have power to live for the Lord Jesus Christ through His Spirit. Now, follow along with me if you would. I want to share a few verses with you this morning. Verses 1 through 14. We're not going to get through all this outline that you have this morning, but we'll get through half of it, hopefully. uh, And then we'll do the other half tonight. But listen to what the Scripture says. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life is Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is at enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren... We are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Bow with me if you wouldn't. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so thankful today for the understanding, for the powerful truth of who we are in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thank you, Lord, for our foundation of salvation that it's built solely on our Savior, Jesus Christ, and on what He did for us as He substituted His life for us. Father, thank you that on that we can stand with certainty and surety. Father, we can then begin to live. Lord, I pray this morning that as we look at these words, these verses, that, Father, you would give us understanding, that you would open our, our mind to the truth, that you would help us to realize how that we can live based on the truth that we know. Father, thank you for the gift of your Spirit who lives in every single believer, who's working constantly on our behalf to cause good and blessing and righteousness in our lives. And so, Father, I pray this morning that you teach us, please, Lord, the truths that we need. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, as you begin to look about uh, uh, these verses, I, I want to sh- share with you, first of all, this morning, that living in the Spirit impacts sin. That as you and I as believers choose to live uh, conscious of the Holy Spirit, choose to be open to His leading, open to His conversation, open to His prompting in our lives, that we find out that it really does have an impact about sin in our lives. It minimizes sin, let me say that, uh, so that the Spirit is maximized and the glory of God is in our lives. Uh, and so we, we need to really understand that very thing. Uh, you see, Paul begins in verse 1 comparing the fact that we can live or walk in the flesh or be influenced by this life or uh, by, by our own nature, or we can be influenced by the Spirit and what He wants to do. And listen, there's a great difference in that outcome uh, that's determined by which one we choose to live by or be influenced by. If we want to walk in the flesh as believers, we can do that. But let me tell you, our lives will be radically different if we choose to be influenced and be led by the Holy Spirit of God and be sensitive to what He's doing in our lives. The, the outcome is, is far greater and it has an impact on sin. Well, what does it do? Look, look at some things with me in verse 1. First of all, uh, Paul says there's no condemnation for sin. He says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, what's Paul saying here? He's saying there's no more condemnation. In other words, we don't stand condemned anymore if we're in Jesus Christ. Now, he's saying in verse 1 that this condemnation uh, is, is not on those who are in Christ Jesus. And by virtue of that, those who are in Christ Jesus aren't walking anymore by the flesh, but they're walking in the Spirit. To be alive in Christ is to have the life of the Holy Spirit of God in us. And so we walk by the Spirit. Now listen, condemnation uh, is the idea of uh, the fact that a decision is rendered against someone. If someone's condemned, uh, there's a decision that's rendered against that person. 
If you're guilty of breaking the law here in the United States, uh, you, you go before a jury and you have a trial and evidence is presented. And if you're found guilty, then there's a decision that's made against you. Uh, and that decision determines the outcome of maybe the next few years of your life or maybe the rest of your life here on earth. But that condemnation is that decision that's rendered. Condemnation is on everyone because of our personal sin and because of the nature that we've inherited from Adam. The Bible's really clear about that, that all of us are sinners for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. And because of that sin, that, that decision that's rendered against us is the fact that we're dead to God, that we're spiritually dead, and that we're in need of life. And this decision about that is death. The Spirit uh, is the one who gives life that we're spiritually separated from God and eventually, physically, we'll also uh, die, that this body will die as well as a result of sin. And no one is exempt from that. Uh, that, that no one has a free pass, that no one gets by or skates by on that condemnation that we're all sinners and we're all guilty. Now, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after that, the judgment. And so we, we realize that that we're, there's going to be an accounting and we're not going to miss that accounting. But what we need to understand is that God, through His grace and through His Son, has given us a way for that condemnation or that decision to be reversed or that condemnation to be removed. He says those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, you know, when I began to read that verse and when I was a, a young Christian, I, I wondered what that meant to be in Christ Jesus and and I heard someone say one time that really helped me understand it. It simply means to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that's a, a wonderful thing. It's uh, something changes when we're in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul says there's no condemnation. What's changed? Because we're in Christ Jesus. And so that was one, that's one of Paul's most favorite phrases. As a matter of fact, he uses in Christ in every epistle that he writes in the New Testament. And so he wants us to understand and to realize that it's, it makes a difference when someone is in a relationship with Jesus Christ than someone who's not in that relationship with Jesus Christ. And what it does is that it removes the condemnation. And so Paul reminds us that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You know, there's a wonderful Old Testament picture about that condemnation being removed in the Old Testament. Uh, and it's in the picture of Noah's Ark. And Noah's Ark, when we begin to think about or read about what happens in Noah's Ark, is that God looked on uh, humanity in Noah's day and He saw how wicked and sinful man was. And so God decided that He was going to condemn uh, uh, all humanity and he was going to judge humanity by flood. And, and so God sent word to Noah and says, Noah, I'm, I'm going to judge the earth by flood. And uh, what I want you to do is that I want you to preach uh, repentance to the people and say, if they'll turn and believe in me and get on the ark, that they're going to be saved. And by the way, we're going to send two of every animal uh, that's on the earth, on the ark as well. And then anybody who'll believe and who'll get on the ark with you, who'll hear the message and repent. Because you see, on the outside of the ark, there was judgment, there was the flood. But on the inside of the ark, there was safety and there was salvation inside the ark. And so when the time came, the Bible says that, uh, that uh, 
God sent all the animals on the ark. They all got loaded up. Uh, everybody who believed, all eight of them, <laughs> got on the ark. And the Bible says that God himself shut the door uh, on the ark and closed it up. Uh, it's really a beautiful picture of God's sovereignty and salvation. That, that God is the authority of salvation. So he closed them up, put them in the ark. But before that, in making the ark, um, God told uh, Noah, he says, make it out of this certain kind of wood and then coat it with this certain kind of stuff. And he said, coat it with pitch. Now, you know, I, I looked up what that word pitch was and has several different meanings. It's a word that, that's a name for a plant. Uh, and I'm sure that that plant is what they made, the coating that went around the ark. Uh, but that word also means covering. It, it also means atonement, spiritually speaking. And so God protected the ark with, with, with a covering, with, with an atoning. Now, look, that rings true for you and I today because not, not, not only in Noah's day was there wood and a covering, but, but in our day there was wood of a cross and blood of a covering. The picture of Jesus Christ. And you see, the Bible says that anybody who's in Jesus Christ, there's no more condemnation. There's safety from judgment when we're in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ as we trust Him and believe in Him. Just like those who got on the ark and those they were saved, those who come into a relationship with Jesus Christ are saved as well today. See, so there's no more condemnation for sin. Let me give you a second thing. Look at verse C. There needs to be no more control by sin. There's no more condemnation for sin. But in a believer's life, there shouldn't be any more control by sin in our lives either or equally as well. Verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit is life in Christ Jesus uh, has made me free from the law of sin and death. So Paul reminds us that he contrasts the law of the Spirit, which is life, and the law of sin, which is death, and that sin, and that law of death is controlled by the flesh. You see, sin controls through the flesh. He says back in verse 1, if you look back, but, but he says that... Um, who do not walk, walk according to the flesh. So our, 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 sin, our flesh is, is conditioned to weakness because of its mortality. I mean, this body, these desires that we have are, are, are limited because they're going to die. We're going to be separated from this physical body, but these desires that we have in this body are, are, are very strong and very powerful. Now, I don't know if you've had any lifeguard training, but if you have, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll probably remember or think that uh, one of the things that you were learning when you were coming up on somebody who's drowning, right, is, is that, that they're out of control. And, and that what you have to do, you swim around behind them. And you come up behind them and you take hold of them and, and you begin to pull them to shore. If you don't come up behind them, they can grab you and take you down with them. I want to tell you what, this old man is dying and he wants to take you down with him. And we have to be careful. Let's allow that to happen. And so we shouldn't be controlled by this flesh. The flesh is a source of corruption and rebellion against God. I mean, everything in this 
old man, our old nature is, is in opposition to God. It's resisting God. It's at, at, at enmity with God. And our flesh wars with our spirit for control of our lives. Hold your finger here and turn back just one chapter. And listen to Paul's struggle in verse 14. He says, for we know that the law of the Spirit, for we know that, that the law is, is spiritual, but I am carnal and under sin. For what I do, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree that the law, that, that it is good. But now it is no longer I but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For the will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. (laughs) Sound familiar? Paul's saying, I, sometimes I do the things that I don't want to do or that I know I shouldn't do. And sometimes I know the things I should do and I don't do. And he comes up with this understanding and this conclusion is that, hey, it's the sin that's in me. It's that old nature that's wanting to control, take over my life, set the course of my future. And Paul says, I don't want that. And so he moves on in verse 8, and he says, here's the solution. It's the Holy Spirit. And Him working in us. Him living His life through us. It's our being open to Him. It's our being willing to, 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 to listen, to be led by Him. That gives us victory over sin. And gives us uh, the walk that... God wants us to have. And so we, there's no need for us to be controlled anymore. Why? Because we have a strong helper. And He is the Holy Spirit. And that strong helper has a voice that speaks into our soul. And it's the Word of God. And when the Spirit begins to speak the Word of God into our lives, and all of a sudden we see the dangers and the calamity of, of, of following our desires in the flesh. And He guides us into life. And that old man that wants to take us down and drown us in sin, we understand how to deal with Him. We understand how to recognize what He's after, how He operates and how He works. Because we're being led by the Spirit. So Paul reminds me there needs to be no more control by by sin. There's no condemnation because of sin. And then finally, look at verses 3 through 4. There should be no continuing in sin. He says in verse 3, he says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So, so Paul is saying that the, the law can't set us free because it's weak 
because of the flesh. You see, there's nothing wrong with the law, but it's our inability to keep it that causes the problem. The law is holy. The law serves its purpose. Through the law, God accomplishes His goal. But yet, it can't save us because we can't obey it in the flesh. Because of our weakness. And so God sent His Son. And His Son positions us. And the Son, also His presence in us, empowers us to be able to continue in victory in our lives. Now, pick on my granddaughter a little bit this morning. Because she says I do a lot anyhow. But she just turned 18. That great. You know, 18 says you're legally an adult. Legally an adult. But but what happens when that, that, that legal age doesn't line up with your choices and decisions? <laughs> the only problem is, is that now you live under legal consequences of your not so adult decisions. And so it's the idea of the law. We're under law, but law doesn't save us because we're too weak to keep the law. We can live under law and say that, hey, because we've reached a certain age level that we're, we're a certain mature, of a certain maturity and we may not be. It doesn't make us wise when we turn 18, right? Yeah, I, I listen. I turned 18, I thought I was wise too. I'm not going to tell you my first decision that I made when I turned 18. I'll tell you hands. No, I'm not even. I'm not even but it wasn't a wise one. And just because I got to that place that I could choose, doesn't mean I chose wisely. See, what we need to realize is that it's only the leadership and the power of the Holy Spirit and, and that we trust Him that we can ever have a hope of, of, of walking in this new life that Jesus Christ has given us. The fullness of the new life. You know, as believers, we, we so often sell ourselves short. We settle for so much less than God has given us in Christ Jesus because we choose not to open our, our hearts and, 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 and our loyalties to the, to the Spirit of God who wants to lead us. And so what do we do? We step back in our old ways and we make our same old decisions and they lead to the same old consequences and we struggle with sin constantly and we're wondering why I can't have victory over this certain thing in my life. Uh, And so we fight it over and over again and, and, and we confess it and we forsake it and we turn back to it sometimes within hours. Why does that happen? Because we're not trusting the power of the Holy Spirit and what He can do in us to give us the freedom that we need. And so Paul warns us, he said that Jesus Christ came to give us freedom, that He came in the, in the likeness of sinful flesh and, and He came on our account and on account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. How did Jesus condemn sin in the flesh? Because He lived the perfect life. 
And in Christ Jesus, we're identified with that perfect life. We're dwelt with that perfect spirit. And we have the potential to walk in Christ in victory. All because we're choosing to live in the spirit. You know, the question this morning is, as we close, is are we fully trusting in that relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit? Are we willing to believe Him over our own experience, over our own thoughts, over our own desires? And when we begin to have so much confidence in the Holy Spirit of God and in the Word of God, over our own understanding, then we'll get to a place where we can see that victory begin in our lives. You know, the writer of Proverbs said, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. You see, that's the work of the Holy Spirit is to direct our path. But it only happens when we begin to trust with all of our heart. Are you trusting in Christ Jesus with all of your heart this morning? Bow with me and let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you.